everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unmasked. I am your host, Neil Getzlow, joined by my producer extraordinaire, Ben Shrewsbury. Ben, thank you again for coming back this week. Well, Neil, I just keep showing up and things just keep happening. <laughs> hey, we're that's on iHeartRadio now. Hey, that's pretty awesome. Well, we've been on iHeartRadio, I guess, for a couple of weeks as this is happening. Well, a week as this is happening, but yeah, we know we've got. We know we have a listener in Switzerland too. So, uh, actually, according is, to our is, statistics, nine percent of our audience is in Switzerland. So, there you go. We may be learning Swiss. We might. We might have to make a, a European tour. But uh, that sounds think, like a nightmare for both me and you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, hey, listen, thanks everybody. We appreciate you coming back for another week. You know, again, the, the purpose of this show is to unmask the journey that, that a lot of people have, whether it's a trauma, an addiction, whatever that you might be facing. We know that, you know, people have these stories to tell and to unmask the journeys that they've been on. In first couple of shows, we talked about, you know, my story and unpacking everything that went into me overcoming my addictions. So for tonight, uh, I am just super excited about this. Uh, I am going to be joined by my wife, Amy. And Amy is just, uh, uh, like without Amy, I, I don't think I'd be, I, I know this show would not exist. I don't think my life would exist without the forgiveness and the, the grace that Amy gave to me. Does that mean I, I should thank Amy for my job? Yeah, you might. I, yes, for sure. Like Amy's the key to everything, and so that's why I wanted to bring her on and and give her help, give her a chance to to talk about her journey uh, in all this and in and overcoming the addictions that I my addictions that I brought into our marriage and into our family. And so, before I do that, though, I, I do have a scripture verse on on my heart tonight. It's Proverbs eighteen, verse twenty two: The man who finds a wife finds a treasure. And he receives favor from the Lord. There is no doubt that I received a treasure from God in the form of Amy. Um, so here it is, unmasked, unmasking Amy's journey, part one, because there's going to be two parts. You know, we just can't keep ourselves quiet. So here's Amy's journey, part one. Hello, Amy. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me in this podcast interview studio in the bunker of our house yeah are you you know are you excited to be here yeah i'm really excited you don't seem like it i never seem like i am so first couple of shows i spent talking about my journey so i really want to put all the pressure and spotlight on you Mm. (laughs) (laughs) because i know how much you like that Mm-hmm. Uh, and and talk about I want to talk about the same exact story, just coming from your perspective because I do think it's different. I think it's provides a different vantage point on how I saw things versus how you saw things. And I think there's I think there's going to be a lot of women out there that your story and and your perspective will help. So that's how we're doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so tell me about growing up because you didn't know really you because you grew up 
religious, I guess. How would you describe it? I mean, we were Catholic. We went most Sundays and I went through communion and confirmation. Uh, I didn't pay that much attention. I know in confirmation, I did a lot of, a lot of socializing and getting in trouble. I paid attention maybe a little bit, not a whole lot. What kind of trouble did you get into? Just, I got in trouble for talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't but, surprise I mean, me. I have, yeah, I got in trouble for talking in school, and that's usually what I got in trouble for. But well, so what? Like, what did it mean for you to be Catholic at that point? At that point in your life, like, because there's a difference between what you were experiencing then and what you, what you consider yourself today. Well, I do remember like as a, like as a smaller child, like I believed in Jesus and uh, I mean, I always have, it's just, uh, I, I did start to notice like as we were getting older, like my sister and stuff, like I remember her like telling me that she was dating this guy in high school and she told me that, you know, her and her boyfriend had had sex or whatever. And I remember I was scared to death that she was going to hell. And uh, I remember that bothering me. But then once I got older and my hormones started to kick in, then I, I kind of started, you know, justifying what I was doing or, you know, I was like, no way God's going to send me to hell for, I mean, for doing this stuff even though in the back of my mind, I felt like what I was doing was wrong. But other than that, I mean, I just kind of felt like I was fine because I, I believed, but I didn't really know what that meant. Like, I didn't really know what you had to do to, I guess, get into heaven. I, I thought just believing in Jesus is, is how you got there. I don't so, mean to cut in, but wait, I want to stick on that point for two seconds. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Ben. Amy, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to ask you a quick question here. So I had a lot of that same issue growing up. I'm not religious now when me and Neil have talked about that and I've talked about it on the show. But <clears throat> when I was growing up, I had a lot of that same, you know, oh, just believing will get me there thing. That's a yeah. really weird personal conflict to have. At least it was for me. Was it that way for you too? I just kind of a general question but I, I don't know if I really I mean I I didn't think about it too much really it was usually when I knew I was doing something that I probably really shouldn't be doing you know or you know if something difficult was going on in my life that's when you know then I'd start asking God for stuff or you know I kind of treated him like Santa Claus really I was the exact same way yeah which I think most people are you know, it's like when things are going bad, that's when you start to reach out. And then when things are okay, you don't really think about it. So, I mean, that's basically where I was. But there were times where I was like, I know what I'm doing is not right. But then I would tell myself, like, everybody else is doing it. So, you know, God's not going to send us all to hell. So that's kind of how I, how I thought of it in my mind. So then at, at what point did you veer off sort of the religious track? 
Is that like after high school or during high school? Yeah, it was probably during high school. Uh, I'm not sure when we really stopped going. I want to say because my parents moved like my junior year in high school. And I I don't really recall us really going to church much, like once we had moved and I, you know, I was getting older and then, you know, we live like 45 minutes away from where I went to school and I was able to go back to the school that I grew up at because my sister was in college over there. So I was able to use her address in order to stay there. But, um, you know, like a place that I worked, I started dating a guy that was like 10 years older than me. And that's, you know, we dated for a couple of years. And I mean, obviously that wasn't going to work out because I was way too young. And, but yeah, I mean, I was after that, then I was just out drinking, partying, you know, meeting up, hooking up with whoever. And then that's kind of led you to, your children. Yeah. Well, I do remember driving around one night because I was, you know, it was probably kind of like you, you know, how you talk about going through a shame cycle or something. Like I would just kind of live day to day. Like all I think I really cared or worried about was having fun. And so, I mean, all the money that I made, I basically spent on going out drinking with my friends or going shopping and buying clothes, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, that's all I looked forward to. And like, you know, the excitement of meeting somebody, you know, but then after that's all over, then you just kind of feel empty and like this, you know, but then I do it all over again. But I remember driving around one night and I was just like, God, I've got to stop doing this. I don't know how to stop doing it. And it wasn't too long after that. That's where I ended up meeting my boy's dad. And and I ended up pregnant like three months after I met him. And uh, I didn't learn my lesson from him. Totally. Then I met my ex-husband and I had two kids with with my oldest boy's dad. And then after that, then I met my ex-husband and I had my youngest son with him. How old were you? I was, uh, I was 22 and 23 when I had my oldest two. Then I was 26 when I had my youngest. So what, what was, talk a little bit about the relationships that you had, um, both your first baby daddy and and then your your ex-husband what were those relationships like terrible i mean i like had nothing in common with my oldest boy's dad like he would never be somebody that i would have ever really been interested in like like i was dating that guy that was 10 years older than me and really i was just trying to get kind of break away from that and you know I would just kept making terrible decisions like and I was like well I didn't want to get involved with anybody that I 
liked. I just wanted somebody to, guess, preoccupy my time. <laughs> and then next thing I know, I was, I was pregnant. And he was just, I, I don't know, he's just a very, he's very different. <laughs> like, very confrontational with people. Like, he has no filter. Uh, he's he's not very nice. I mean, he I guess he can be. Like his friends think he's nice, but being in a relationship with him was a different story. And this guy sounds yeah. like the exact opposite of Neil. I I just I gotta say that. That's... Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that was the thing. I'm like I I was like I'm not gonna. I didn't want to get involved with anybody really, but I didn't want to be involved with anybody that I liked. I was just. I guess it would be like a rebound, I guess is what you'd call it. And I was just, you know, kind of using that as a way to like break off from the other guy. I just didn't want to be emotionally attached to anybody. <laughs> well, and I remember when you, you know, you told me about uh, both of those relationships and, you know, and I, Ben, I appreciate you saying that, um, and that is the case today, but that obviously wasn't the case, you know, for a good portion of our marriage. And, you know, when we were first dating, I thought that it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm the nice guy. I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm not this white knight going to rescue you from all this, but definitely like, well, this is like <laughs> compare, like I'm being compared to like Shrek and Frankenstein. And so like. I got this made and then, and then suddenly things went sideways in our relationship. Thanks to me. Um, but there was a little twist that happened because, well, tell, tell, why don't you share how we, how we met? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, well, I usually, I'm not, I don't hardly know anything about technology. I've never like really been interested in computers or anything like that. And so I'd, I'd call my dad up when it was time for my credit card bill to be paid and be like, it's time to pay it. So for Christmas, he bought me a laptop. It was like, pay your own bills. And so I was like, okay. And then my best friend was like, well, you need to get a my MySpace account. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Wait a minute. Ben, do you know what MySpace is? Yes, Neil. <laughs> okay. Just, well, you are young. I'm just making sure. You were... I'm 23, Neil. I'm not that 12. Was... <laughs> yeah, but when MySpace was around, that was... You, you were... and I met in 2008. Yeah, see? You're making oh. me look like a child here. <laughs> no, I'm just making sure because, well, hey, look, I feel like an old man. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Neil, you're not even double my age, so you're okay. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> but, How old what, are you? 23. Oh, my oldest son is 23. All right, we, oh we're derailing very quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's a, what are rails, Neil? We don't have those here. This is unmasked. The, there's no rails. <laughs> no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I just kind of talk whenever I want. That, that, that's literally my job. That, that is the rule. Yes. <laughs> or that is the, the yes, that is... You were definitely have permission to do that. Rule number one, there is no rules. Continue. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, so you 
Yeah, I got on. Well, me and, me and Jill made a MySpace account. And really, it was just, I mean, it was fun putting the putting it together because we put like really stupid and appropriate things on there. But uh-huh. and what was the what was the first message that you sent me? Uh, I told him I like tacos. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the that's how we met. Amy sent me a message on. on MySpace. All it said, this is the only thing it said. I like tacos. Like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, I know I'm talking a lot here, but what? <laughs> well, I think I think I must have mentioned tacos in my bio. No, you or, didn't. What? You had a you had something on there that like it looked like a form that you had filled out. Yeah, it was like a, one of those quizzes. Yeah, thing, I think yeah. on there you put you like pizza or something or yeah. whatever. So I was just like, uh, I didn't think I was ever going to talk to him. I was literally, I was bored out of my mind. Like, I had seven friends on Facebook. How many years face, later you're married to the guy? I I like tacos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You couldn't have come up with, I don't know, hi, how are you? <laughs> it worked, though. I mean, I, I responded. He was like, you had me at taco. Did I say that? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, that would have been a good answer. <laughs> I was going to say, you're giving Neil too much credit. That does not sound like something you would say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. And then uh, he told me that he would be on Yahoo Messenger or something. Yeah. That in the evenings, I didn't know what that was. So he told me how to do that, and we talked for like four hours, and then he asked me to lunch. And that's it. Yeah, but I do remember when you were you were quizzing me pretty good. At lunch, I was because I was like, I don't know if I'm really. I, I didn't trust myself. I was like, I probably shouldn't even be dating. I was like, I don't even know if I want to because I don't want to get into another terrible relationship. So I was like, I'm just gonna drill him because I'll probably never talk to him again. <laughs> so what were you asking me? Ah, uh, gosh, what did I ask you? You don't remember. You um, remember everything. Well, I know, but I was like, um, I didn't. No, have I don't to ask remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. I knew you. I knew well, you had a job. What was that, oh, Ben? I, I don't remember what I, I ate for lunch yesterday. <laughs> you're like oh, asking, come and you're. Asking, I know, but I do. I do remember some just crazy, like very detailed things from like years ago. And he's like, "How do you remember that?" And then I can't remember anything from five minutes ago. But. Um, Anyway, yeah, I asked you if you were like a a big sports fanatic because all the guys I've ever dated were like huge sports nuts, which I'm not against sports. I just it's like their whole life revolved around it. Wait, what was they, my answer? Do you remember my answer? Oh, you're like, oh no, not really. Which sadly was I was like, you don't get angry or anything like that. No, no. no. Yeah, I'm guilty of getting angry at sports. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Well, unfortunately, that was my. But you, first... you never like putting holes in walls. My ex husband like kicked a hole in the wall. So no, but I didn't. I did not. I mean, if, if it was our first date, I didn't want to scare you away. So I kind of soft played how much I was. Well, you kind of soft played a lot of stuff. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, I yeah. did. We'll unpack that here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean that that was. You know, sports for me was 
just as much as an addiction as the pornography was. You know, it uh, it was something that fed my identity. We talked about that a few mm-hmm. shows ago, Ben. You know, that's when when the Chiefs had a good week. I had a good week, and when they lost, that wrecked my mood. And I think we talked and, about uh, that off pod, but I don't know off the okay. I don't know. We talk a lot. I know. I I, yeah. I like talk to you more than I talk to my roommate now. So it it is what it is. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I and but I I never put holes in the wall, but but I broke too many TV remotes that I can care to count by throwing them into the wall. And I remember after a 1997, this is before we met, but after a horrific KU Kansas University basketball loss in March, uh, I think I laid on the floor for probably two hours and just didn't move. Oh my gosh, you never told me that. Yeah, like just seriously, like I just... How come you never met? Because remember when I told you about Jill and the guy she dated, like when, you or what is it? That soccer team that oh yeah yeah his soccer team lost she said he sat in a closet for like three hours with headphones on crying (laughs) to be fair in 2015 when blair walsh missed a kick against the seahawks i sat on my couch for two hours and just stared at the tv i did (laughs) i wasn't watching it i couldn't tell you what was on it's probably the post game and then you know like the six o'clock news or whatever my fiance at the time came in the room and was like what are you no wait this was before i got engaged never mind this was 2015 uh but my somebody came in the room it was my mom or my dad or somebody came in the room and was like what are you doing and i was like nothing i'm not doing anything they're like yeah you should eat something i'm like What's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? We suck. Sports ruled my life, and we'll we'll get into this probably a a few times over the course of this show and this this entire Unmasked podcast series. But um, yeah, it it ruled my life in an unhealthy way. That there's nothing wrong with sports, and it's a way to connect with family and friends and, and bond with people. But uh, I just I've seen too many men take it way too seriously, and that's they're they're worshiping their sports heroes like gods, and it's just going to lead you to be disappointed, like which I was a lot in my sports career, sports watching career, I should say. But anyways, enough about me because this is about Amy yeah, tonight. So, gosh. but I mean, I would say right, like we, like I, our dating life was I thought was fairly good. Yeah. Right. I mean, we had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, we were going out drinking and having fun. And I was still all about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed it. And then we get married. Yeah. <laughs> and then about, what, three months into our marriage? What did you? Well, you know, right? when we lived over at the other house, that was when I had read that book, 23 Minutes in Hell. So this let's, was... Let's talk about that. Well, I was at work and it was slow and somebody had left that book on the table in the break room and it wasn't very big. 
it was I was able to read it that day, the whole thing. What's I mean, what's it what's what's the essence of it? Well, this guy claims that he spent three, 23 minutes in hell. And so he's like, you know, talking about that. And I don't know if that's actually true or not. But all I know is that it scared the crap out of me. And I just remember thinking, well, if that, if, you know, it's like if hell is really real, like, I don't want to end up there. And so that that shook me up. And I remember coming home and telling you about it. You wanted not, no part of it. You were like, you're not converting me. And I was like, I'm not, I'm like, just read this book. And you're like, no. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted nothing to do with it whatsoever. And then I don't know, somehow I just, it was like, I was, I was shook up for a while, but then I just kind of went back to, you know, things as usual for the most part. And I don't know how long that was before we moved. I don't think it was that long, maybe six months or something. I'm not sure. But then we moved into our new house and that was a whole nightmare. And I mean, it was, it was very stressful and I don't get stressed out really hardly ever. It was just seemed like everything was going wrong. And, um, I do remember praying to God that, that time to, gosh, I can't even remember what I said. I think I'm not really sure what I said during that time. And then after we'd gotten married, because we got married like three weeks after we moved into our house. And I remember feeling kind of bummed. And I, I think part of that was is all the excitement leading towards the wedding, you know, and. You felt bummed after we moved into this house that we're in now? Well, yeah, like after hmm. like after our wedding and stuff, you know, it was like. I felt like, you know, right. You know, you hit the climax and now it's just like regular life. Right. And then I remember sitting down on the back deck thinking like, okay, now I have everything that I want. Why am I still like bummed out? And then I remember I heard part of a sermon or something and the pastor talking about, um, you know, like once you get everything that you want, basically, you're going to find out that that isn't, it's not enough. And and nothing's going to fill that void except for God. So and I'll, I'll bring this back to sports for me. <laughs> but that was, I mean, serious. Okay, this is just how much I can, I loved sports in 2000. It's the summer of 2019, the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup for the first time ever. And then about six months later, the Kansas City Chiefs in February of 2020 won the Super Bowl. Um, and the Royals for, for, won, right? Well, that was way, way was before. That before that? Yeah, that was way before oh. that. We don't care about that. Well, you know. All Anyways, but at that time, I was like, well... I can retire as a sports fan. My, my two favorite teams have reached the pinnacle, but, but after all that faded away, I was still trapped in, on all these addictions and, and, and sins that I had in my world. And, 
was still searching for more, you know? So I, yeah, I, not the same, but I totally kind of get it. Well, yeah. I mean, the Bible says that your, our eyes are like never satisfied. Like we always tell ourselves, like, if I just get this, or if this, if, if this thing happens, then this is all I need. And then once you get it, then you're like, oh, good. I got that. But now you're like, what else, what else can I, you know, I need something else. So talk about the talk about the kind of the timing of of, of when you got saved and when you became born again because that what that happened about what three months after we got married yeah that was about three months after we got married and it was just oh man that was hard like I can't remember all the details of it all I know is that uh like. I had heard of spiritual warfare, but I didn't really, I didn't know what it was. And I know I was going through that. Well, a woman that I work with, she's, she's a Christian. And so I felt comfortable talking to her. And, uh, and that's what she's like. She's like, you're going through spiritual warfare. And I mean, it is just like a horrible, like horrible anxiety. Like, um, I lost 10 pounds in like two weeks. It was just, it was just so bizarre. Like I didn't like being in the dark and I I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than just having like severe anxiety and then like a, like a heaviness or a kind of like a, oh, kind of a hopeless feeling. I'm not sure how, you know, and I was like, I couldn't explain it to Neil. I know he knew something was going on, but I already knew he thought I was crazy. No, not yet. Well, (laughs) well, I don't know if you did or not. I don't think I I thought you did by then. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, no, you did. Cause I remember we went out to eat at um, Port Fonda with everybody and I had lost like 10 pounds and I just felt awkward there too. I mean, I just felt awkward being around everybody. I didn't know how to act anymore. Hmm. Um, okay. But I was like, gosh, I mean, I kept praying about it. I was like, how do I get this feeling to go away? And and then, you know, my friend at work was like, you know, Satan's trying to, I guess, you know, keep you from it's like, once you give your life to Christ, it's like, he's trying to get you back. Like he wants, he wants you to fail. And so that was, that was a horrible, horrible feeling. And I want to say it lasts two or three weeks at least. And I remember I, I did lose at least 10 pounds and that is not like me at all. Like I don't hardly worry about anything. And what do you, I know you remember my reaction when you, when you told me. Oh yeah. I was like, I knew, I knew you thought I was nuts and I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to explain it to you. Um, that was the hard part, but the hard, well, the hard part too, is the fact that like, you didn't want to talk about it. Like you didn't want to understand it. Um, like there was no concern you had like no concern for like what was going on. You're just like, 
I want no part of this. And then you, I, you were like, I got to get out of here. And I knew you were going to go tell your friends that I had lost it. And you were like, you know, I just had a pretty good feeling that that's what you were doing. Yeah. And I did. And I, I, I left and went straight to a friend's house and basically said, Amy's lost her mind. And, um, you know, that, um, you know, Jesus talks about in the Bible that, you know, his followers are going to be persecuted for their beliefs. And, and that's what I did to Amy. You know, I did that for, well, let's see, a good seven plus years. I persecuted her because I, you know, I blamed her for going into this relationship with God and with Jesus in my mind, well, now she left me behind. She's got this new thing and she, and it's true. You know, what happened to us, you know, she, her old life passed away and she has this new life and I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I, I thought she was crazy and I treated her as such. And then I think that's where, you know, that's where my addictions flared up again and sort of led us down to this crazy path in March of 2020. And I think that this is a good time to wrap up for this week. Um, We kind of teased you and want you to come back next week and we'll get into Amy's reaction to getting a phone call on March 1st, 2020 that I don't think either of us will forget. And it's a phone call that that changed the, the direction of our life. So Come back next week. Amy will be back again. We'll keep the conversation going. We do thank you so much um, for joining us this week. And we'll leave you with this thought, everybody. Jesus did not come to hang out with the saints, did not come to hang out with the righteous. He came to hang out with the sick and the sinners of the world like you and like me. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.